Thanks for listening to this episode of Two Heels and a Face Wrestling Podcast. This audio and interview was recorded for DivaDirt.com and the DivaDirt.com audience. On this episode, I am going to interview Kelly Klein. Kelly Klein is currently working for Ring of Honor and is currently participating in their Women of Honor Championship Tournament. There are a few things that I wanted to go over before you hear the interview. This took place over a week ago, uh, so any parts of the interview that uh, were already outdated, I just cut out those parts. I wanted to say that I really, really enjoy talking to Kelly Klein, and she gave me a lot more time than any other interviews that uh, Two Heels on Face has done for DivaDirt.com, which is fantastic. You'll hear me ask a question to Kelly, and the reason why I asked this question was because I asked it to Deanna Perrazzo when Chris and I interviewed Deanna, and I felt like it was a very good question to ask because Deanna Perrazzo is still in her 20s and has accomplished so much. I feel I felt the same way about Kelly Klein. Um, I checked inaccurate sources, um, and her age was not on, Kelly her, Kelly Klein's age was not on her Wikipedia page. So I checked a couple inaccurate sources, which I won't name. And they said that Kelly Klein was actually 27 years old. I come to find out during the interview, and I left this audio in here because I felt like it was still a really, really powerful message that Kelly said. But I come to find out during the interview that Kelly Klein is not 27. And it really doesn't matter what her age is. Uh, The reason why I asked that question, though, is because I felt like she accomplished so much and only being 27. And I kind of wanted to ask the same question that I asked Deanna Perrazzo and whatever. But Kelly Klein really turns the the inaccurate question into something special and i'm a huge believer in age just being a number and it not really mattering how old you are you could be 27 32 54 63 and you can still accomplish things and you can still achieve goals and age is really just a number so she responds very well to this question, although it wasn't accurate, and she turns it into a really positive spin. I just wanted to thank her for doing that. So there's a question in here. You'll just have to look forward to that or expect that. Kelly Klein's first round match in the Women of Honor Tournament has already taken place. I wrote an article for that on DivaDirt.com. If you just search for Women of Honor or it might still be somewhere on the homepage, you, or check their Twitter feed at DivaDirt and you'll be able to find an article I wrote that just summarized all of the first round matches that I saw, or at least the ones that had taken place. Uh, Deanna Prazo's matches on there, Kelly Klein's matches on there, Madison Rain's matches on there, Brandy Rhodes has a match, et cetera, et cetera. So that's the match that already had taken place, and it was a very good match that Kelly had. And in summary, in conclusion, um, this interview was just a really great time. Kelly Klein was really, really fun to talk to. She gave me plenty of time. She gave you, the listeners, and the DVDirt.com audience plenty of her time. And she has a very good head on her shoulders. She's very emotionally intelligent. She has the right mindset for a wrestler. Um, she's doing great things. And she's really confident in herself. And everyone should be a lot more like Kelly Klein. So without further ado, here's the interview. Uh, I am on the line with Kelly Klein. Kelly, uh, thanks for joining us today, and uh, how are you? How's your day going? 
I'm doing great. Uh, day's going well. I've been preparing for a trip I've got this weekend uh, for some seminars and some events. So just keeping busy doing that. So, um, Kelly, you're known as the gatekeeper. And I wanted to know, I feel like that that stuck out to me just kind of when I was, uh, you know, looking at a lot of your most recent matches and watching your product. And um, the gatekeeper stuck out to me because I feel like that's a very unique nickname. It's it's a term that is potentially used um, and kind of in the wrestling lingo for other things. But I wanted to ask you where you or, or where you received that nickname or how that came about and kind of what that nickname means to you. Um, I just kind of came up with it because I started to just see myself as a person that, you know, people had to sort of go through to be part of women of honor. And I was, um, and uh-huh. still am a litmus test. So that's where I started using that. And, um, people have commented on my, my posture when I stand in the ring with my arms crossed, you know, kind of like I'm, I'm guarding something, which I am. <laughs> uh, uh, I think that that is, that is important to, you know, have that kind of attitude and, and I'm very protective of what, um, what I have and what we all have as a unit. So, mm-hmm. um, and that that's with women of honor and that's with wrestling in general. Right. And, and that's good. I think there's a good transition kind of into, uh, your character. So your character stuck out to me as an intimidating character, uh, which I liked, and you definitely have your own swagger out there. Uh, utilizing utilizing the mouth guard in different ways also kind of adds to that intimidating factor. Um, and you seem to me, this is based on fan perspective, as kind of a bruiser out there. Uh, how would you define your character or persona in the ring? Would, would the bruiser be accurate, or is there a more accurate uh, description that you can give us? Yeah, I think it's it, the um, at the end of the day, it's just about competition and for different people that's going to take different forms. For me, it's about being uh, intensely physical and hard hitting. You know, it comes across a lot in in a lot of my striking and um, that right. just aggressive intensity. Great, and um, and talking about your your career, it's it's interesting because I feel that. Um, like you debuted in 2006, but a lot of your stuff has happened with ring of honor in 2015. So it's, it's kind of sneak. You have, I'd say a little bit more experience than someone would think, but they, yet you're only at the age of 27, uh, if I'm correct. So I feel like it's, how would you, what would you accredit to like your, your success, uh, thus far in your career accomplishing so much and only being 27 years old? Uh, well, I'm actually not 27 years old. Oh, okay. Um, Sorry about that. <laughs> that's okay. Um, that's that's sort of a, a rumor, I guess. It's been going around on the internet for a long time. Oh, and I okay. Think, um, I think it it appeared in one place, and then other places, you know, cited and repeated that. And then next thing you know, somebody can go and and say, "Oh, it's in all these sources," but it really stemmed from one one place. And okay. Um, so when I was um, kind of early in my first couple of years of wrestling, I got really tired of trying to fight people off, um, basically other people on the events who uh, would try to pressure me into going out after the shows. So okay. I started saying I wasn't old enough to get into bars. Of course, oh, okay. um, 
some of these uh, wonderful individuals said, that's okay, we can get you in anyway. Um, but uh, that, you know, that kind of goes to a totally different topic, the fact that um, me just saying, no, I have to drive home um, wasn't sufficient and that, um, you know, it got to that point. Yeah. But uh, I'm actually, I just turned 32 and okay. um, I started wrestling. I started training uh, right around, right before I turned 20, so 1920. Okay. Um, and I, I think that's also something that's really important to talk about because right. when I started wrestling, um, it was very commonly accepted that women had to basically have their career by the time they were 30. And if they didn't, that it was too late. They missed their window. Okay. And um, I think that was something that for a while kind of people thought that in general, I heard men, you know, think that too um, for them, but in particular for women, it was even, even now, I think, you know, still people sort of have that idea and Mm -hmm. I, I bought into it for a long time too. And, when I, you know, partway, you know, in a few years into my career, I, I was putting that pressure on myself, really thinking okay. that, oh, this, you know, this window's closing. And right. when I realized that the age itself didn't dictate um, your your skill or your capabilities or your, um, you know, physicality or any of your abilities. Uh, once I realized that for myself, um, I think that made a big difference for me and I stopped getting in my own way. That's great. Yeah, no, that's, that's fantastic that you realize that. And, uh, I think, I think also the term of kind of making it too, uh, like you said, you said that there was that, uh, that perception that by 30, you would have to have made it. I think that term made it, if I'm using like my hands as quotation marks, uh, Mm -hmm. has changed as well. Uh, just because I feel like there's not only one place to go now to deter to well success is whatever you determine it as, but yeah. there's not only one kind of mecca that uh, that you have to go now to be like seen as a successful wrestler. There is a lot more options because the overall depth of wrestling has increased, uh, kind of underneath you know the 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 so-called number one company. So I think that uh, just the wrestling is stronger as a whole, and you don't have to necessarily uh follow that same path that someone expects you to which is cool yeah definitely i think that um success is different for every person too and at different times in my life i would have uh described success in different ways but as my life has changed and my circumstances and experiences have changed then the definition of success also changes. So, right. um, you know, even some of my contemporaries who are in different parts of their lives and are in different scenarios, um, you know, success and, and what's going to be right for them is going to be completely different than what it is for me. And it doesn't mean that I'm right or they're right or that anybody's wrong. It's just, exactly. um, everybody has to figure out what, what's right for them. Exactly. That's great. Um, it sounds like you've, that's taken some time to figure out, but it's great that you've kind of come to that, uh, that sense of, uh, and that strong willed emotional intelligence that it sounds like you have and, and, uh, have figured that out about life. Cause, um, 
you know, it's something that some people will never figure out, but it's, uh, it's great that you have. So in talking about, um, upcoming events and potential, uh, future successes, uh, we can shift into the women of honor tournament and, uh, your opponent. So it's, you've been announced the first round match and, and your opponent is Bonesaw Brooks, I believe. And I wanted to just get your feelings uh, around regarding the actual tournament itself. I guess kind of maybe emotions that um, came over you when you were first announced that or it was first announced that it was happened and kind of your feelings toward this uh, particular opponent. And Well, the fact that the tournament was announced, um, I think, was huge for not only for the wrestlers, but for the fans as well, uh, because it it marks a really significant milestone in ring of honor and women of honor. And it, um, it shows that there's a commitment to what we're doing and what we want to accomplish. Um, Mm -hmm. whereas when it's, um, a match here and a match there, the way it started, you know, two and a half years ago, um, there was that feeling of instability, but now, um, you know, it's, it's, there's more of a, a feeling of commitment. Um, I think from, right. for some, you know, from some aspects and, and I think that's something Absolutely. that the fans really needed because even though, you know, I knew, um, you know, it's kind of what the feelings were about women of honor and about, um, women's wrestling as far as, um, you know, the people kind of behind the scenes, you know, I knew what they were doing, that they were working towards it and that we were all um, working on building something. The fans could only really see what they could see. So um, this is something that just really, I think solidifies for them that this is something that they can, uh, you know, kind of dig into and not be worried that it's just going to disappear or, you know, that they're going to get invested and, you know, it's not going to go anywhere. It's going to go away. You know, that's not the case. Right. Um, and it also, I think, answers um, the work that those of us who, you know, have been there since the beginning have put into it. And it's uh, really validating for what we've been doing and um, that we've been just continuing to drive forward and continuing yep. to make progress. That's great. And then your first round, you so your first round matchup against Bonesaw Brooks. How do you feel about uh, being placed against her? I think that was an awesome decision because she and I probably are two of the most similar competitors on the roster. Okay. And um, you know, to me, it's it's really interesting facing somebody who is so similar. Um, we have nearly identical move sets. Um, you know, we both <laughs> sort of have that same really no nonsense, aggressive, intense approach. So that just okay. creates a totally different dynamic than I would have with any other competitor. Um, and it's also a first time singles matchup, uh, cause she and I have oh, nice. never, never faced each other in a, in a singles competition before. So, um, I, I feel like they've been really doing a great job um, putting together the brackets in a way that we will get to see a lot of first time matchups um, as well as, um, you know, even, even potentially some matchups that people have seen before, but they want to see more of. Great. Yeah. That adds another level of excitement. 
Um, first of all, putting putting two people together, and it sounds like based on knowing your style and based on what you said about her style, there's probably going to be a lot of knees thrown in this match. <laughs> uh, and um, it sounds so there's that excitement factor there, but then also a a, a first time matchup also adds to another layer another layer of excitement. So uh, yeah, that's and great. with her, and it's, it's cool smart for them. because yeah, it's 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 that first time matchup where on one hand you you kind of don't know what's going to happen, but on the other hand, it's like for for I think both of us, it's like facing ourselves in a way. So okay. um, you know, it's like okay, we know maybe what to expect from the other person, but then who's going to be one step ahead of who, you know, it's, it's really, I think a very interesting kind of scenario. I wanted to shift into, Oh, first, before, before we uh, go overseas, um, I wanted to, uh, since we talked about the tournament, right. And that's a, and that's a, a great, uh, great display. It will be a great display of women's professional wrestling. I wanted to, uh, see if there's anything on the kind of the top of your head, because I know the conversation is the conversation has kind of shifted to, Hey, we need more women's wrestling and now we're getting it. And now like, it's just about kind of like layering in everywhere. This is not just in, in women of honor, but everywhere it's kind of about uh, upping the ante layering in uh, different aspects. You're having first time ever matches. You're just having more time for women to wrestle. Uh, I wanted to, to, to know if there was anything off the top of your head that uh, could kind of take it to that, to that next level. Like we're climbing that mountain right now to just a really, really great women's professional wrestling experience everywhere. Um, Is there anything that you feel could also be done? uh, And I know these things take time, but maybe potentially in this year that hasn't been done yet that you think would be great for just professional women's professional wrestling as a whole. Well, something that is happening, and it's kind of a chicken or the egg scenario, Um, it's very cyclical because as women's wrestling has started to gain more prominence and more respect, I feel that more women have started training to become professional wrestlers. And I think that's because they now see a place for themselves where before they didn't, or maybe they didn't see a place that was what they were wanting to do. So now we have all these young women who can look and see that, Hey, if I work really hard, you know, I can actually compete and I can show what I'm capable of. And, um, you know, before it was, you know, when, when I was growing up, it was looking at the attitude era and okay, if I work really hard, then Vince McMahon can treat me like a dog. Yeah. And that's, that's not something that I think a lot of people wanted to do. I know that my mom, um, you know, had a negative kind of image of women's wrestling because of things like that. But Mm -hmm. those are the women that really, you know, put up with that shit. I I guess you can beat that out, but um, (laughs) (laughs) to, to make it possible for us to do what we're doing now, you know, they, in, in, you know, just my, right. I guess assumption, they said, okay, you know what, we'll do this because then we can go and, you know, at least, at least show what we can do with the couple of minutes we get and then maybe get more little by little. And, and I think that's what they did, you know, and I'm, I'm sure they had, you know, 
fun, like doing the pillow fights and, you know, goofing around and stuff like that. But I don't think that mm-hmm. it's what anybody signs up for wrestling training school to do. So um, now, right. now they're seeing something where, Oh, if I train to wrestle, I will get to wrestle. Um, that gives us a much bigger pool of talent that makes it more competitive. So that makes the talent pool, uh, elevated. Right. Um, so now I think we're in that place where it's just this influx of women that are training. You've got training schools, um, and training classes that are all women. You've got companies that are running all women's shows. And then you've got companies that are all women's companies, um, and things like that, that are, they're awesome. And I think that stuff is just going to keep going. Uh, and then now I think it's time for, um, which this is happening, but I want to see more of it for, and teaching and doing the seminars. And that's the Mm -hmm. kind of thing that now I want to do. And I see some of the other women doing this where, um, you know, we can turn around and and try to teach the, the newer up and coming women, you know, what we've been through and what they can expect and how they can navigate, um, you know, this landscape as a woman, because, uh, you know, there's, there's only so much that the men can teach, the women as far as that goes, um, because they don't experience it the way we do. So they, they can, you know, teach you a lot, but they can't teach you things that they just don't know or that they just haven't experienced. That's true. And, um, so speaking of some of your experiences, uh, but I wanted to just hear about, I recently had a friend who went to Japan and did, uh, this is around Russell kingdom and he did, I believe seven shows in nine days. And one of them was stardom. I'm not sure if you were over there um, during that time, but I wanted to just know about uh, your stardom experience and working in Japan and just uh, how, how all of that was. Yeah. That uh, wrestle kingdom and all that was actually just a couple weeks after I came home. Okay. Um, but stardom was amazing. It was so much fun uh, because for me, it was just exactly what I want to do with wrestling was training and working out and wrestling on events. And that was, that was my job, you know? So, right. um, that, that was, that was kind of the, just living the dream there where it's like, okay, you're, you're able to, and, and like we were talking about before where there are different measures of success. And for me, right. I was like, okay, I'm able to, um, you know, survive, while just doing what I love to do and uh, being able to get better at what what I love to do. And, um, you know, I always want to learn and I always want to grow and evolve and improve. And I had the opportunity to do that, especially being with a completely different pool of talent that I had mm-hmm. never crossed paths with before. So um, there were just different perspectives and backgrounds and things that I could draw from and different dynamics working with these different people that, um, could challenge me in a new way. Great. And, and, and the, uh, one thing I've always kind of, uh, wondered, um, and so you say, when you talk about different dynamics of working with different people, um, because there is, and I'm, I'm sure that, um, some of the wrestlers over there have, or know a little bit of English, uh, but is there, is there any uh, things you would do to try to like kind of help match coordination when you're working with someone who speaks a different language language? Like to me as a fan, that seems like a very difficult thing. Um, but is, is it, 
are they just so good over there that after you know a couple times of running through things, they can pick it up and kind of uh, pick up on cues or signals or anything like that? Or how did you kind of overcome that obstacle? Or is it not even really an obstacle? Well, um, as you may have heard before, I think they say I think they say about eighty percent to ninety percent of communication is nonverbal. So um, you have to keep that in mind too. That you know when we're all dealing with wrestling. Um, in reading body language that, you know, there's a lot that you can, you know, communicate. And and even when I'm working with English speakers, there's a lot that we communicate non-verbally. Okay. Um, if I've got a tag partner and you know, there've been many times where we kind of like look at each other and yeah, I set up for something and they know where I'm going. So they right. either join me or, you know, get it, you know, kind of, um, integrate themselves into to whatever it is. And um, a lot of the wrestling terminology is, is the same um, where they, there were a lot of, a lot of the wrestling moves. Um, they, they use the same terms that, that we would. Right. Uh, and then of course we at this time are very lucky that we have the technology that we have uh, because we're able to use Google Translate and different things like that yeah, great to help point. communicate. Um, it, that came in really handy. This was kind of a, an interesting experience. There was a night that we were going to have uh, no no training or anything, so we had a free night. And some of the girls and I were looking into going to see, um, there was a stage production of Aladdin. So I went to the box oh, nice. office. Yeah, we didn't get to go. Spoiler, but they, they sell out like crazy. So, um, turns out we, uh, we waited too long, but, um, Mm. so I went to the box office and I had read online that they had some English speaking employees usually at the box office. So I went and I started talking to the the lady and she looked at me and she didn't speak any English. And yeah. I was asking, does anybody speak English? And nobody there spoke English. Um, so I got out my cell phone um, and I got my Google Translate and I wrote my question and translated it and I showed her. And then she got her laptop and she wrote her answer in Japanese and then she translated it and showed me. And we went back and forth like that. Uh, That's great. Until we were able to kind of figure out uh you know, what we needed to figure out. It was really interesting uh, being able to communicate that way. But that's something that, you know, the the previous generations of wrestlers who, who have traveled like that did not have, um, you know, that kind of benefit. But, um, right. you know, that, that was something just as it was happening. I was thinking, wow, how cool is this that, that I could go anywhere and, and we can, you know, find a way to communicate. Yeah, that's a great story. It's it stinks that it ended with no Aladdin at the end, uh, but hopefully yeah. you'll get to see that. Time. <laughs> yeah, it was once it, it was. Uh, she said it was sold out, and I thought, okay, well maybe because um, sometimes in this, this, some theaters in the states they have rush tickets where if people don't show up for will call or something, they release their tickets. And she said no, they don't have that, and and then they the only tickets available were like pretty expensive so we thought okay we'll 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 go do something else (laughs) but there there were a lot of fun things to do in japan so um and and with our training schedule a lot of times when we had 
free time, uh, a nap was, was one of the best things to do. <laughs> right. Yes, of course. Oh, forever and always a nap is, is always a great choice. Um, <laughs> I think I ended up just going to the, to the gym, to the personal trainer. I'm pretty sure is what I ended up doing that night. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so we're going to get into just a little bit about kind of a recap of 2017, although we are kind of in the late February, I think that's still a good question to ask. And then uh, looking forward to 2018 as well. Before we do that, I wanted to just ask a guilty, uh, guilty pleasure question here as a fan. And uh, at the end of the day, we're all wrestling fans. Um, so I wanted to just ask what kind of wrestling are you watching or do you watch in your spare time? Cause I feel like I've gotten, many different answers to this question. It's always interesting to see kind of what, uh, you know, just not when you're watching back your matches and kind of studying, but just when you want to kind of uh, relax and forget about life. Are you, are you turning any wrestling to watch? Um, when I watch wrestling, I really like to watch uh, wrestling probably like from the fifties and sixties in particular. Um, oh, interesting. A lot of that. <laughs> uh, my, my wrestling style and, and kind of my wrestling interest has, has a lot to do with the sort of the mat wrestling and chain wrestling. And uh-huh. it's, I grew up around, um, the like high school wrestling and so like the kind of amateur and Olympic style wrestling. Okay. So, um, I really like watching that kind of style, uh, more, more infused in, in professional wrestling, Watching the the older older wrestling matches, it, it's like you can kind of things come back around where things um you mm-hmm. know kind of gone maybe out of style, and then you you look back and you go oh my gosh that was really cool, and it's like people have kind of forgotten about some things, um so I like to go back and watch and and you know try to make old things new again. Um, oh, that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> every now and then I'll, uh, I'll throw something into a match that, that I, I saw, um, you know, watching like Lorenzo Parenti or somebody and, you know, it's, it, people are always like, Oh, that thing you did was really cool. And I'm like, yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> it's like new and innovative. It's like, yeah, because people forgot about it, you know, it's been right. 50 years and people forgot about it. So um, I love being able to draw from that kind of stuff. And it's like, it was good enough for them. <laughs> it's good enough for me. Right. Are you, are you just going to YouTube for this or is there some kind of uh source that's, cause that, that sounds like you're going very, very deep into the archives here. Um, uh, I, I found some stuff on YouTube and definitely, um, having Wes Thatcher point me in the right direction, okay. um, has, has been helpful. And then Scott Teal, uh, is also a, um, a wrestling historian that that's got a lot of um, awesome. Uh, he's got access to like books and matches and all kinds of things. So um, he was um, so kind as to uh, set me up with a few DVDs of um, particularly uh, old women's wrestling, which was was awesome. That's interesting. Yeah, and that's what's so cool about wrestling is that it's if you and this is speaking from a, sp- a fan perspective once again. But if you kind of uh, appreciate like the almost the principles and the basics of it, whether you're in the ring as a wrestler or just as a fan, it kind of spans generations and you can learn, you can appreciate, you know, things that happened in the 50s or 60s and will continue to appreciate things that happen in the future. Like, for example, I recently went on a YouTube deep dive with my 
uh, girlfriend's father. And it was about, we were just watching consistently just like mad dog Vashon videos. I don't know how we got mm-hmm. on that subject, but it was like a way for us to connect and like really hang out. And we just, you know, turned out like, like 15 videos of his on YouTube and like going back and I'm able to appreciate kind of like all the things that he did. So it's kind of cool how uh, wrestling can span generations. And if someone's doing like the basic essence and the principles of it, right. And just being really entertaining, it doesn't matter when, you know, when we watch it in the past or the future, it's going to be good. Yeah. The bottom line is that we're storytellers and it's about how you tell the story. So um, no matter what era, you look at the the ones that really stand out are are the ones that are storytellers. Um, in my opinion, I think those are the ones that just really have that longevity. Yep. I, I agree with that. Um, hundred percent. All right. So, uh, we're in the home stretch here. Um, I asked this question to, uh, other people that I've had the pleasure and the privilege of interviewing, uh, for divadirt.com. And I thought it was a great question and I wanted to ask the same to you. Um, so if there is a word or it can be a word or sentence or multiple sentences, uh, but if there is a, f- a word or phrase that you can uh, use to define your past year, the year of 2017, uh, what would that word, phrase or sentence be? Um, you know, is it, that's a really, that's a good question. And I don't know maybe the best way to phrase it, but uh, it's kind of, for me, breaking barriers. Like I, I've said to people before that, because I had in my mind sort of put that limitation on um, what I thought my wrestling career could be that everything Mm -hmm. that I've been able to do, especially in this last year uh, is just a bonus. I mean, I had sort of written off the chance that I would ever get to go to Japan um, or, you know, be appearing on TV or be on a pay-per-view things like that. Right. That, um, I had I almost like made peace with okay, well that didn't happen. So um, you know, it's kind of I guess breaking that barrier and and having all of those things um, finally happen because I I did get out of my own way and I didn't you know give up and quit and um, you know just kept kept kind of trucking along. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Uh, really quickly. Um, and like bringing it full circle here. Right. Um, so we've established that, you know, you, you, you are in charge of defining your own success. Um, so goals for 2018, what are some things you're looking forward to doing in 2018 or some things you would like to do for, for you to consider, uh, it to be a successful year in wrestling? I know that it's going to be a successful year. Just, just in the fact that, um, you know, this is already the year of the, crowning of the first woman of honor champion um that i i already know that you know we're we're making so much progress and we'll continue on that this year um so just being able to be a significant part of this tournament um i would love to go back to japan Uh, i would love to travel to some other countries i haven't been to yet um so that's you know, that's what my, my goal is. I, I really want to go right. to the UK. I haven't wrestled there yet. So, um, yeah, I think that would be traveling there and, and being a significant part of this tournament, uh, would be really, um, great things for me yeah. to check off in 2018. That's great. And that's, that's all that's like we said, that's all it needs to be. So if, if, the, if those that's, we wish you the best of luck. 
uh, and accomplishing those and just, uh, you know, keep on keeping on. And uh, before uh, I let you go, um, I want to thank you for your time. And I wanted to kind of give you uh, the floor for any uh, just uh, plugging of social media or any upcoming dates, or I know you have those seminars this weekend, but if there's any other projects you're working on, you want people to, uh, to go to um, the, now's your time. You have the floor. Thank you. Um, all of my social media is real Kelly Klein. So that's Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You can find me the same way. Just type in real Kelly Klein. Um, I do have some things that are in the works this year. So I'm definitely just kind of keeping an eye on those would be okay. a good way to kind of get in on the ground floor um, as I launch some different things. And um my email is also real Kelly Klein, uh, for bookings. Um, so real Kelly Klein at AOL, uh, if people wanted to, um, bring me in for, uh, an appearance or to host a seminar. And I love, love doing that stuff. I love coaching and teaching, um, and being a part of that. So, um, I, I also really like to hear from my fans and I would love to meet my fans. So, Great. following the social media, going to rhwrestling.com and, and checking out um, the events, definitely making sure to get tickets ahead of time if we are in your area because we, um, certain venues in particular, we have um, been selling out. So um, got to get your tickets and then that way I can meet you. Right. There you go. Well, Kelly, thank you so much. This has been uh a great conversation. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. And I, we appreciate you uh, sharing your stories with us and we wish you the best of luck in the future. And we'll talk soon. Thank you so much. 